Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dial the Wild Podcast. My name is Travis. I'll be hosting. And this week, I brought in a good buddy from South Africa named Volkers. He comes over here every year, every other year to shoot. Um, likes to get involved in the archery community. Likes to compete. He also has his own bowstring company called Zero Bowstrings. So hop on Facebook and check out that line. Uh, he does really good work. He enjoys just getting involved and talking to people and picking their minds. And uh, has become a pretty good friend. He just likes to visit and enjoys the company and the bonds that we have in the sport. So it's cool that halfway around the world we can have that kind of connection just by playing this silly game called archery. So without any more talking, I'm just going to go ahead and get into it. Thanks again for checking it out. And um, check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. So what format was the shoot this morning? Um, it was the 720. So like FIDA, FIDA style? Oh, no. Yeah, FIDA. 50 meter. Yeah. So it's like a, we shot a double 720. Um, we, we had like about 42 kilometers an hour gas. Um, which is about what thirty miles an hour. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, uh, one of them days where you, when... one of them days where you pull out the thumb button and just uh, try to wipe out what you did the day before. <laughs> yes, I do shoot a thumb anyway, but it, I don't know. It just it for my style of shooting, I just don't, I don't like that. You know, with your pin moving all the way and you know trying to get it off in the middle. I just don't. I just don't like it. It's just not archery for me. No, Some people I, are good at it. Yeah, I spent, I spent two years when I started archery, like just trying to break target panic. So even mashing a trigger or anything, even if I'm just messing around or or paper tuning or whatever, I don't like doing it. <laughs> it you know, you spend yeah so much time breaking a bad habit to just go back to it. You know, just to do it. I. Some guys can. I just choose not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's alright to hit it off when it's still, but trying to hit it off when it moves—that like, that's just I don't like that. So, right. Yeah. But hopefully tomorrow is better. Yeah. What's uh? Yeah. And you? We've been shooting Have a little bit. Shooting? Yeah, we had a indoor 3D the indoor? other night. Yep, 3D. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was a good time. Me and, uh, well, you remember Jeff Hudgens. Um, yeah. We went down to the wire in the shoot-off, and he beat me by a 12 ring, so bonus ring. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, yeah, that's it's good to have that kind of confidence kind of going into the season because everything is still, everything's still covered nice at the moment, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we in summer now, mid summer. Um, and, uh, it's weird. We had this wind and it was, there was a cold front moving in Mm -hmm. and it was kind of chilly this morning, which was weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird weather. So where exactly are you from? Uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. Okay. Is that the biggest town in South America? Biggest city? Uh, Africa. Africa. (laughs) I'm losing my mind. (laughs) having a bad day <laughs> anyways yeah that's, that's the biggest town in uh in south africa 
Yes, basically, yes. What's yeah, the like Pretoria. Yeah, probably if I have to guess, um, uh, it's probably about like Pretoria and Johannesburg combined. It's probably about twenty million people. Oh wow! Yeah, if I have to guess, it's a lot of people because Johannesburg and Pretoria is like almost one city now. I got you. So, um, what kind of things did you do growing up? What did you enjoy doing? Did you shoot when you were younger, or was it other things? Um, yeah, I shot most of my life when I was. I started shooting a bow when I was nine, and um, I did other stuff. I did. I played rugby nice. at school. I did athletics. I was a runner. I did hundred meters, four hundred meters, and um, I also did a bit of downhill mountain biking, which I enjoyed. And then, uh, but most, and then also trail running. But okay. Most of my, um, yeah, most of my life, I like the outdoors. I like fitness. I like the fitness side of things. Um, but I've been shooting, con- shooting has been the most constant sport that I've, uh, archery, you know, that, that I've been doing. Sure. But I've been, yeah, yeah I like the outdoors, yeah. So after getting out of school and stuff, what were your, I mean, did you go to school? Did you decide to do something different, um, you know, to get you where you're at now? Well, yes. When I finished school, I um, studied game ranging. So game ranging is like when you take, um, it, it's actually a field guide. You know, they call it game ranging, but it's actually a field guide where you take um, clients out on like um, game drive vehicles uh, and then on safari, basically. Okay. So then they show them all the way in the parks so and all that. A hunting guide for the most part. Yes, I did that as well. Yeah. The game ranging was, I studied for that. So that's what I've kind of the direction I wanted to go. Um, and then I also guided in the off season when I wasn't busy with that. So I took clients out hunting. And then while I was doing this, you know, game ranging, I got a job offer at archery shop. So, um, yeah, I, it was a pretty good offer. And, uh, yeah, we started archery shop when I was, uh, about 21. I was shooting pretty active then, but yeah, then, you know, then I kind of got, you know, more involved in, in, um, you know, I tried to, I was more motivated to shoot and, um, yeah, I've been shooting quite a bit before that, but when I started working, you know, I felt that, you know, as a marketing side, you know, like, um, it helped if you a better shot and, um, you know, to, to market the shop and it gave me the opportunity to go to the, the archery events. Awesome. And it's just, it helps the clients to know that you're a decent shot and it helps, you know, clients to see you out there being active in that community and knowing that when they bring that in there, you halfway know what you're doing because they see you doing it. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it helped. And, um, yeah, we were, um, we were quite a big shop back then and, um, it really helped, like you said, uh, when, and it also, you learn a lot because you run into stuff that you haven't, um, dealt with before you know with um you have to do 
serving on strings and you have to retune bows. Then uh, you learn stuff that you didn't really run in before because you're working with so many different bows and, uh, and you know, clients coming in. And it really helped um, broaden my, my archery knowledge. It definitely helps. Our, uh, one of our mutual acquaintances is uh, Charles there in Quincy at Quincy Bow Pro. And when I when I lived over right. that when I lived over that direction, um, I worked part time for him in his shop, and uh, he has a pretty good thing going there. And then after I left that to go do another job, um, you, you started popping up. I met you, I think, at Kentucky one year a few years back, and um, you're running around with uh, Spencer McCutcheon and Chase Wilson and those guys. And uh, yeah. so, so I know you try to make it back. Um, I don't, at least every other year or so to, to shoot and to compete. Yeah. Um, I helped Charles, Charles out in the shop and, um, also then, yeah, it gives me the opportunity, like you say, to go shoot the ASA. Yeah. I met you in 20, it was 2019. Okay. In Kentucky, London. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I enjoy the ASAs. I, you know, you, you get to meet all the, I believe like some of the, most, you know, like a lot of the world's best shooters are shooting 3D and uh, it gives you the opportunity to rub shoulders with them. And, you know, it's just, it, it's just different, you know, when you shoot, you know, with them. Yeah. And, um, when I know, did a, uh, when I did a podcast with Christian Barry, we kind of talked about a little mm-hmm. bit of that where, you know, it's, it's not like a fan of any other sport, you know, it, I'm a big football fan, but I can't just go out and shake hands with, you know, Josh Allen or somebody like that, you know, I can't just walk up and say hi to Michael Jordan, but you meet the best of the best in our sport. And a lot of these guys are down to earth and are willing to talk to you and, and, and share ideas and concepts. And that's one of the things I really enjoy about this sport. And it's good that you get to come back here every once in a while and get in on some of that. Cause I know that, um, I would say that the, the archery scene in your area is probably growing like it is everywhere else in the world. And to bring back some of that knowledge has got to be um, pretty instrumental. Yeah, sure. And, um, yeah, the, our archery is quite strong. I mean, we have some very good shooters, um, especially the, you know, the outdoor scene with the 720s, you know, the Morfita-style archer, mm-hmm. archery. Um, yeah, and the 3Ds here, it's like, it's not easy. I mean, we got some very good shooters. If, you know, we shoot slightly different. Um, like it's a, it's the same kind of format, but it's slightly different. We shoot like, um, for instance, uh, we got small targets, close distance. We like what, what I found on the ASA is you don't really have that. Everything is the same size, like kill zone wise. You know, like your twelve right. and your ten. Yeah, we we have like say we shoot birds on ten yards or twenty yards. Um, so it's slightly different. I won't say it's, uh, you know, it's like obviously you get easy courses, courses and horror courses, but with what I found with uh, ASA, especially in the pro class, is everything is about like sometimes everything is on max, as long fifty yards. So, uh, you know, that is that's uh, one of the differences. But um, yeah, I mean, when I come back to um, South Africa after I've been there, you know, it's like a kind of uh you know i'm refreshed and more motivated and you know it also gives the i can answer questions that people have about shooting there because a lot of people want to go 
I fortunately have the opportunity to go and shoot there. So I feel very blessed and, and fortunate to be able to do it and um, meet people like you say. And they're all down to it. You can walk them to anybody almost, you know, right. and um, you can have a conversation with them. Obviously, I don't do it when they're busy shooting. You know, I mean, you have to give them their space as well when they're shooting and everything. But, yeah, you know, when it's... There's courtesy the and yeah. there's courtesies in there you got to keep in keep in mind. Yes, <laughs> for sure. And, um, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy the ASAs. I shot the U.S. Nationals as well, the um, 720. Oh, very nice. Um, and, yeah, that was pretty good as well. That was... That was also um, a lot of fun. We've had another ramp up with um, with this coronavirus, and uh, it's made things a little difficult again. But it's nice to see that a lot of things are somewhat back to normal. So that um, people like you, people like Stefan Hansen, people like you know, Rico Van Toter over in in Australia, you know, and and all these people. New Zealand. <laughs> is he is he New Zealand? I'm sorry, I misspoke there. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. you know all these people from across the world have the opportunity, and a lot of them show up to Vegas, Lancaster, um, and you know the World Archery events. Um, and it's it's getting to where things are starting to stabilize a little bit again, but we still have to be cautious. Yeah, yes, yeah. Even the last time I went. Um... When was the last year I came over? It was, it was not as easy as it was in the past. You know, there was. Oh yeah, what, talk about what happened um, when you came this last time because you spent a couple weeks in Mexico and everything else. Yeah, so there was a. The thing is, like we were on the red list with um, South Africa, but there was a bit of a loophole. You can go to another country, which is like a green country, and then you can stay. You can stay fifty nights. And then after your 15 nights in that country, you would be able to fly to you, to the United States. So my first choice, I had two choices. It was either Namibia or it was um, Mexico. So then I had a friend in Namibia, which said I could stay with him, which was pretty cool. And they had the national, uh, their national field championships. So, you know, it made all the sense in the world to go to Namibia, stay there for two weeks and then fly, you know, to the United States and which I did. And, but the problem is like, I spoke to my travel agent and she said, it's fine. I can fly through Europe because they were also on the red list. And she said, as, as long as you don't leave the airport, then you should, well, you will be fine. And anyway, I stayed my 15 nights in, um, in uh, Namibia. And then I flew to the only flight was from, um, Namibia to Germany, and then from Germany to Chicago. But then I flew to Germany, and when I got to Germany, they kind of said, like, um, just before I boarded the plane to Chicago, they said, I'm not allowed to get on the plane. And they explained to me that they found social security in the United States. The United States said, um, I'm not allowed to enter, so I'm not allowed to get on the plane. So they wanted to send me back which I said, I'm not going back because Namibia was about to go in lockdown. And because they basically wanted me to go back to Namibia, redo the 50 knots and then change my route to, um, you know, to America, not through Germany. So I had to go, I had to fly through to Ethiopia, 
you know, Ethiopia to Saudi, I think. I'm not sure what the route was. <laughs> and then I could fly to the United States. So um, I asked them about Mexico City and they said, I was standing at the customer service and I said, what about Mexico? And they said they've got a flight in an hour to Mexico City. And I asked them, do I have to redo my quarantine? They said, you're going to have to redo it in Mexico. So, you know, and they said I had five minutes to make my decision. So, yeah, I said, well, book it. I mean, what can I do? <laughs> so, yeah. So then I had to get a visa because you need a visa for Mexico. If you ever, you need it like a, you need to fill something in online and you need forms. And we were then a panic and, you know, trying to sort all the paperwork out. And while I was running, trying to board my plane, I phoned my girlfriend. I said, listen, book me a hotel in Mexico City because I'm on the way to Mexico City now. I explained the whole situation. I made, you know, they was, they started boarding the plane. I made it like by two minutes. And then I was on a flight to Mexico City. Stayed there for 15 nights. I could leave the hotel room. But um, yeah, I, and yeah, I stayed there for 15 nights. Then I flew from um, Mexico City eventually to Texas, Texas, Chicago, Chicago, Quincy. So that was a rough trip. <laughs> hey, you made so it. It took me a month into the country. That's it's crazy. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you ended up missing a tournament out of that, didn't you? Because you planned on going to one and uh, just this whole process took a lot longer than you had thought it was going to. I did. I can't remember actually which one I missed. Wasn't it? Um, it was. Yeah, I can't remember which, actually which one. I, the first one I went to was Coleman, I think. Okay. So the one before that, yeah, I missed. That was in June, the one I missed. Gotcha. Yeah, that's usually yeah. that's usually I think Texas or um, one of yeah, it's one of them down. Well, they're they're all down south, it seems like. But yeah. Um, that, now that was a wild story. I remember you telling us about that, and then um, you know Spencer was keeping us in the loop. He was telling us, he, "Yeah, I don't know. He was in Germany last week. I think he's in Saudi today. He's supposed to be in Mexico tomorrow. Yeah. He's got to stay there for two." <laughs> our minds were just blown what you were going through just to get here so you could, you know, come here and, and display your ability and come here and shoot and have a good time. I, you've got your Zero shirt on and your hat on. What's uh, Explain the project you're, you're working on right now. Um, yeah, well, Zero Buzz Strings um, is a string company I started in 2008. Okay. And, yeah, it's we've been running with that in a – you know, it got busier and busier, and it's been, uh, yeah, what's it now? Like 15 years? Yeah. Yeah, they've been busy with it. So, um, yeah, it's um, it, it's a, it's it's something that took off, um, and um, I'm, I really appreciate it. What happened was um, people asked me why is it called Zero. So, basically, what happened was I started off with nothing, basically. That's why I called it Zero, because what happened was – I was in partnership with uh, with a friend of mine in business, and then they moved, and you know we kind of decided to close the shop. We had an archery shop together, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and you know it was like they had to make this emergency where they had to move, and I had like two mu- two weeks left of work. So um, you know I 
got my my salary for that month or half the month because I only worked two weeks in it. And um, I took the money from my salary and um, I still had to pay rent at the end of the month. So I, I had to make a plan. And the rent was exactly half of my salary back then. So what I did was I bought string material. Um, I had a few strings on order. Started making a, a few strings for, for guys. And then um, and then I made the rent. I could pay the rent back and I had some string material over. And, um, you know, to be able to continue with the strings. And that's how I started, basically. I really started with almost nothing. And that's, uh, that's why I yeah. called it zero. Yeah. So, the, uh, um, and then... And did you... Uh... Did, did you know how to make strings before you started that or was it something you just started kind of getting into and then you started picking up tips and tricks from other places or I did I did know how to make strings because what happened was see I grew up on a farm and um, I always had to like my mom used to take us to a bow shop which is probably about an hour away mm-hmm. and then one day she kind of told me you I think you should you know try and buy the tools so you can fix your bow you know because she felt she drove an hour to the bow shop we get there you know like and then it takes him five minutes to fix some serving and um yeah and she bought me a serving jig and some serving and then i started learning the knots i had this balances in um like a balances digest where they showed you how to do serving and um yeah i kind of just looked in the book and i started doing serving and yeah then i started having my own tricks when I was building strings, you know, um, but I also picked up on other, on other few things, but then later I built strings in the shop now and again for, for customers. I was building my own strings already then. So that's how I learned. I first learned on my own, you know, like mm-hmm. I did it on my own boat and then I would do it to customers if I feel confident. That's how I basically started. When I was back in Quincy at that time, uh, we didn't have the specialty jig. We were just making everything on, on the the long jig, and you know, just twisting oh, yeah. every twisting everything on that big spring and pulling it tight and letting it sit overnight and then taking them off and doing the serving. Yeah, it it, it was a pain to learn, but at the same time, um, once you got the hang of it, it was almost therapeutic. Um, like I don't it know, is, like. Yeah. Like a like an old lady knitting or tatting or something like that. It just yeah. keeps your mind busy and and you can block things out. So I really enjoyed doing that. But when everybody, even my local shop at Crooked Creek in Macomb, mm. he's got a specialty jig that he uses, and I know Charles down there, Bowpro has a specialty jig, and a lot of people that are doing it have this system. And I never quite picked up on it or learned how to use it, but it seems like it's kind of changed the game a little bit as far as um, the production levels that you can put out. Yeah, definitely. Because I also did it by hand. Well, not by hand, but on a normal jig for a long time. I designed my own jig at a stage where someone built it for me, but it was still, it was like this three post kind of jig. But, you know, you basically serve everything by hand. Mm -hmm. And you can do, I mean, if you stand there for like, like the whole day you're going to build by yourself you're going to build about probably three strings i mean it takes a long time by hand um but with a specialty jig like you say it changed stuff you know if you you can probably do like eight or ten a day by mm-hmm. yourself yeah it depends on your process and also you know obviously changes from company to company yeah i tried i mean we have our own like kind of uh 
process. Yeah, and on one jig, we don't like to build like, you know, more than like seven or eight on a day, you know. Right. And then, so is your customer base mostly guys or are you building and shipping all over the place? We send like, yeah, all over the place, all over the world, um, mostly South Africa. It's easier, but yeah, we send a few to New Zealand. Um, I've sent a few to the United States. Obviously, when I'm, uh, I help Charles out at Quincy Bow Pro, then uh, I'll, I'll build a few, um, you know, I build strings there every day for him, you know, when I'm there for his customers. Um, but when, uh, you know, we ship it out to, I've shipped it out to weird countries that I've never thought I'll, you know, <laughs> send strings to. Right. But it's, uh, yeah, I think we did one in Portugal and then a few in Portugal, Europe, England, um, you know, like United States, a few, New Zealand, Australia. So, yeah, I mean, they're all over. And people that talk, you know, have spoke to me about like strings, like, you know, I ran into them at uh, like the U.S. Nationals. Someone said, you know, she saw me with the zero bow strings and she said, you know, do I know the guys? because she wants to order a few, you know? And I said, yeah, I know the guys, because she said she heard a lot about it. And uh, I said, are you sure it's zero bow strings, <laughs> not like zebra? And then she said, no, zero, yeah. She follows us on Facebook, which is pretty cool, yeah. So Awesome. So you guys have a, do you have a website or you just got Facebook and Instagram? Oh, yeah, we've got, we've got Facebook. Yeah, that's just, you know, zero bow strings. And then, um, I've got Instagram. That's uh Folkish Harold Archery. You know, it's uh yeah, it's F O L K E R S. And then if you type archery I'll, I'll probably come up. And um yeah, that's about it. Cool. That's about it for for social media, yeah. And then also I, I have a like also a page on Facebook also. Just my name, Folkish Harold Archery. A separate page on, on Facebook follow what you're doing what you're up to because i i usually find yeah. out from the guys in quincy when you're gonna be around i i never really know when you're gonna make the trip but it seems like it's been what, every other year or so you try to get over here for a few months and uh and and run the circuit a little bit yes i try to make it through every year but lost like um in 2020 obviously with uh you yeah. know with covid I, I, everything was closed and then 2021 well yeah, 2021 was the first time I could come over again. And then I'll also come, it looks like I'm going to come over this year as well, 2022. So um, I'll probably be there around April, June, May-ish, around there. I'm not 100% sure yet. I tried on Facebook. I'm not, well, on social media, I've been a bit slack the last couple of months. I took a bit of a break. Just I'm just busy with other stuff and um, I haven't been too, and, you know, I haven't been too active on there. So, I try to post, you know, I don't know. I try to have a unique post on or um, way of posting stuff on social media because everything looks the same these days. And you know? so I'm just trying to, while well, I took a break, it's just to kind of figure out how I'm going to be different, you know, because right. everything is like kind of the same on Facebook these days, you know. So everybody kind of do the same, you know, same thing. But I'm also, you know, like I try to promote different things like the reason I do Facebook posts is um because I have a few like I don't have many sponsors but I have a few and people help me out I'm just trying to 
promote them as well, you know, and obviously the business. Have you gotten to do any hunting this direction yet, or you just try to make it over for the tournaments and, uh, and, and head back? Um, this year I'll see. I wanted to shoot, well, I wanted to try and get a whitetail last year, but it's, uh, you know, I have to get it out of residence tag in Illinois. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. And, and then sometimes like it's just before I leave, you know, and then, you know, like it's kind of, you know, I'm going to pay the $400 or whatever. And then I might not shoot anything. And if I do, I'm not going to be able to use the meat. So, you know, because I'm about to get out of there. Um, but if I stay longer, I would like to do it. I would like to do like a, I would love to do an elk hunt one time, you know, it's just, yeah. I, I like that style of hunting in the West. I know everybody does, or, you know, most people do, but, you know, I would like to head out with a backpack and, you know, just, you know, kind of um, set up camp and then run from there on foot. I like that challenge, you know, that physical challenge of, uh, right. of hunting, you know, like walking. It's and, a mental, it's a uh, mental challenge as well. You know, it's, it's pushing you to your yes. limits in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, exactly. What kind of, what kind of hunting is going on in uh, South Africa? The, yeah. The most popular hunting or the, you know, like the, it's like similar to Watel is, well, the, the popularity is uh, sitting at a water hole, you know, in a blind or like a hide, we call it a hide, which is uh, basically a blind. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the most popular. And then Warthog and um, Impala, is like, you know, kind of common game. And then Blue Vildebeers, Kudu. You know, like, I like kind of the style where, like, you know, if I can base it on, you know, like the elk hunting out west. We also, a lot of people don't know, but we have quite a lot of mountains here as well, you know, in some areas. And you can, you can, un, like, kind of very challenging game. Like, say, we've got a um, animal called, you know, like a full book. It's a, it's a um, antelope, which is uh, quite kind of small. Like it's got kind of the same color as a whitetail, and but it's got horns like you know two horns going straight up. But it's got these huge eyes, and it's got a very good sense of uh, of sight. And um, they live out in the mountains in the open, and it's kind of hard to you know to get close to them. So. You know, I'm attracted to like kind of that kind of hunting as well, where it's challenging. You take a week or so to, you know, to shoot or to try and, you know, get an animal. And yeah, so um, I'm quite attracted to, you know, that to that kind of style of hunting, you know. Um, I've shot a lot of planes game. and um, But hunting for me, it's also like a personal thing, you know. I, I want to document it, but I'll document the kind of the adventure about it, you know. And um, I want to make a few nice videos about it as well, like um, in the in the future, you know. But you know, the shooting side, the archery keeps me quite busy, you know. So that usually takes the back burner, you know. Sure. So yep. because what usually, yeah, you know, what usually happens is I go over to you guys in um, in your summer, and then by the time I get back, yeah, it's summer again this side. Oh, nice. So it's like Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. We've got a snowbird thing going on then as like our older folks that go <laughs> south for the winter. <laughs> exactly. So cool, yeah. man. Um, I, thanks for coming on. Um, 
I know that you've got a lot going on with the with your company and with um, the tournaments and stuff. What's uh, what's next on the docket for Folkers? Um, yeah, I recently um, started. I'm trying. I'm shooting a daughter now. Uh, um, I'm trying the Tempest. Okay. So um, I'm quite enjoying that bow at the moment, yeah. Have you seen that? I don't know that I have. I okay. I've, I've been out of the loop for a while, honestly, just um, with everything going on. But uh, you got yeah. any? I didn't know how your guys' team trials or anything worked. I didn't know if you were going to try and pursue anything like that here in the near future. Yeah, see, um, we're trying to qualify for the World Cups now. It's uh, the one in France. Um, we're going to send a team. Yeah, we've got a World Cup in France that I'm trying to, you know, if I've got enough time to qualify for that before I head to the States, try and shoot the scores. And if I make the team, I do. And then I can decide if I want to go. But, um, yeah, if the weather plays along, it's a lot easier. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, what I said is I'm shooting that new bow, that Darton. So um, it's a Darton temper. So I, I kind of have to, I'm just busy getting used to that as well. Okay. Yeah, it's it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment every time you you switch equipment. Um, sometimes yeah. for the better, sometimes not so much. But uh, it sounds like it's going well for you. So, yeah, awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for coming on, and uh, we'll definitely keep in the loop with you here. You know, you'll I'm sure you'll be back. And um, we were going to try and do this in person when you were here this last time, but it just didn't work out. We both had a lot going on, but uh, well, definitely I'd like to do one with like you and Chase and Spencer. One of these days I'll just sit down and, and kind of ramble about things and that'll be a good time. So yeah, um, we'll definitely do it. Yeah. Awesome. Hop on social media and check out Folkers check out his, uh, his zero bowstrings company. He uh, he works pretty hard on it. He's made me some strings, and I'm very impressed with them, the good quality. But, yeah, check him out, and uh, thanks again. All right, Travis. Yeah, let's do it again before I come over. Then uh, we can catch up again. Perfect. <laughs>